Thank you for tuning in to episode one of the new Mocha Speaks podcast, hosted by Mocha Jasmine Johnson. I'm your co-host, J.W. Chin. In this episode, Mocha will reintroduce the podcast, introduce herself and the work she does in the community, and also answer some fun questions in a Q&A. Let's get into it. I'm sitting here with Mocha herself, and we're just going to do a little interview to sort of reintroduce who Mocha is and get to know her a little bit. So Mocha, who is Mocha and how would you describe yourself as a person? I would describe myself as, um, I would describe myself as a passionate leader. Uh, I'm also, I will, let, let me talk about my roles first. So okay. I am a mother. I am also a wife, um, an entrepreneur. My husband and I are business partners. We co-founded the Athens Anti-Discrimination Movement, and we have an event production company as well. And so I would describe myself as someone that is passionate and compassionate about the work that I do. Um, I'm also a go-getter. Um, I would describe myself as a boss. I like um, being creative and also independent. Mm -hmm. So I would describe myself as somebody that is trying to live my life to the fullest while, you know, advocating for justice and also being an entrepreneur and being here for my family. Awesome. Okay. So you mentioned a little bit about your entrepreneurship and the uh, event and music production company that you have with your husband. Could you tell us a little bit about what your entrepreneurship is like and why it's important to you? Well, my entrepreneurship with the spirit of entrepreneurship started for me at a young at a young age. Um, I would say by the time I was 13, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And it sparked from seeing my parents having to work multiple jobs. And even though they were hard workers and they were the kind of folks that never missed a day of work, I saw how someone else had control of how high up they can go up the ladder, how much mm -hmm. they could get paid, what they could benefit from, even though they were good people and hard workers. And being that I was always, I would say, I guess, non-traditional, I was always into music and arts and entertainment. I just didn't see that traditional nine to five route for me. And I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to have control of my own destiny. I didn't want someone else to um, be able to control how much I make or 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 be able to say I, my value is just, my value would be limited in those spaces. So I think because of my path of, of being an entrepreneur, it made me bold enough to get involved in activism when an injustice occurred in my community. And I've been able to combine um, my entrepreneurship and my activist work together, which makes it even more enjoyable for me. So being able to be independent and being able to be creative in that realm of entrepreneurship is what keeps me going and what it was is what makes me happy you mm -hmm. know what I mean we have a nonprofit that I'm able to give back to and do good work through that area and then we also still get to you know enjoy parts of the music industry through our event production companies so I've created a lifestyle that is is what makes me happy 
Yeah. It sounds like your entrepreneurship is very tied to independence and creativity and also kind of your activism in some ways. So um, speaking a little bit more about your activism, when did you start being an activist and what kind of drives your activism forward? You know, when people ask me this question, I always think back to Trayvon Martin, because I remember that was the first time that something that really, really struck me in a way to where it's like, I wanted to do something and didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So I ended up doing nothing, you know, other than just being like everybody else that might get on social media and talk about it or talk about it, you know, amongst your friends and your family. But it wasn't until um, 2000, late 2015, around um, December, going into 2015, going into 2016, is when I jumped into activism. And it was right here in Athens, Georgia, because a, 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 a bar downtown, you know, the bartenders that worked or the staff members that worked for this particular bar named General Bogart thought it was a great idea to create a drink called Nigarita when that particular incident occurred, we was like, wait a minute, do we want to stay here? Or, you know, this is, this is really an issue. Yeah. And so my husband loves Athens and, you know, so do I. It was growing on me as a place to live and to raise my family. So we decided to stay and that's how I jumped, it, jumped into activism. We organized our first rally and protest on MLK Day holiday of January 2016 and over 500 people showed up. And it was amazing to me. And it was also scary to me because it was my first time, you know, being an activist and getting involved in like politics in that type of way. Mm -hmm. And my parents, you know, always told me, you know, more or less that, you know, go to school, stay out of politics. You know, we're from Jamaica originally. My family's originally from Jamaica. So it was like a push for school and to stay out of politics. So I remember the day that we was at the Arch the, um, we, we started at UGA Arch and I remember the way we did that rally, it wasn't like people knew exactly who was the organizers of it because we pushed the issue more than anything else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm marching with the crowd. <laughs> I've organized a rally and I'm marching with the crowd, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, you know, this is like, this is spectacular and scary at the same time because over 500 people showed up and we marched, we marched to um, downtown Athens. Hey, hey, ho, ho, these racist bars, they have to go. That's what we were yelling the whole time, you know, and yeah. having a chance and it hit the front page and it was my first time ever organizing something like that. And we thought the mayor and commission and the government was going to do something like after seeing so many people march through downtown and being that it was my first time, I thought that's all we needed to do was to show them that this many people cared about it and they're going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And um, nothing happened, you know, from the mayor and commission standpoint. And that's when I understood that activism is like it's not a moment. It's a movement. We have to continue you know, doing this fight. And it's not something I even signed up for. It was mm -hmm. like, what's right is right. And I can't let this incident go down if we plan on living here and raising our kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really loved how you talked about your activism as, as a movement instead of just a moment, because it really does have to be a movement to get things going forward. And since then, since 2016, um, that movement has definitely grown um, through AADM and all the different things that you're a part of. Mm -hmm. um 
And we can definitely say that you're somewhat of a community leader now. So speaking about leadership, what would some of your values be and how does your leadership reflect your values? I mean, the main value that I've had that's been embedded in me is do unto others as you want done unto you. You know, even as a leader, there's nothing that I ask, <clears throat> there's nothing that I ask of my staff or volunteers or from people that work with me that I wouldn't do or I haven't done. Do you want to share some of the big moments that you've had so far in your work and maybe anything that you're currently working towards achieving? I will definitely say some of the big moments that we've had is like with our bailout program, you know, mm -hmm. um, Father's Day of 2020. Two, we were able to bail out, you know, a good amount of folks, $20,000 worth of bailouts that we contribute on Father's Day of 2022. So being able to help people to get a second chance and to gain their freedom, to reconnect them with their families, those things are big accomplishments and achievements for us that they're proud moments. Also, the MLK Day Parade going into 2023 with the bang, you know, the MLK Day Parade was an example of what downtown Athens is supposed to look like. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It was it was an example of the hard work that we put in over the five months of trying to bring our community together in honor of the MLK Day legacy and also to show an example of the vibrant culture of Athens and how beautiful it can be and look when we all come together and put our politics aside and put race aside and, you know, just come together and celebrate um, in that way. So before we jump into the fun Q&A, uh, could you tell us a little bit about what this podcast is, the kinds of discussions it's going to feature? All right. So Mocha Speaks podcast is about um, keeping it real. You know what I mean? Having a conversation about various topics such as Georgia politics, um, celebrating the Black culture, also being able to offer tips and advice about just life, you know, and I want to be able to share my life experiences as an activist, as an entrepreneur, as, as a mother, as a woman that is in charge of my own destiny, I want to share that with other people so that it can benefit them as well and just have a good time. You know, let's have some real in-depth conversations and, and, and just have fun. You know, that's what Mocha Speaks podcast is about. So on top of being an activist, entrepreneur, mother, and grandmother, you could also say you're a fashionista. How do you express yourself with your style? And if you had to name your style, how would you name it? I, I would like to say, depending on the day, I have different styles. So depending on the day you catch me outside, because <laughs> if, if, I'm, if I'm a part of a rally or a protest or something of that sort, that particular day, I'm going to be dressed more down to earth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But more, and I would say in a, um, in a militant somewhat type of style, but it's more down to earth. You know, I might have on my combat boots and all that kind of stuff. But Okay, Black I'm, Panther. <laughs> yes, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been feeling like, especially since Wakanda came out, I've been trying to find my Wakanda outfit like <laughs> a march in, you yeah. know, so um outside of that i would say sophisticated sophisticated because i love styles that are like um stylish but sexy it, it makes women feel empowered mm -hmm. you know so where you can wear a suit but it's it's well tailored it's a well tailored suit um 
also I think for the fact that I'm originally from Jamaica, if you've ever been to a Jamaican, like a real dance hall party, it's like going to the Grammys or something. Everybody's dressed so stylish. So it's like growing up and seeing people in my culture dress so vibrant and stylish. You know, I love to see colors. I love to like, you know, I love to just dress nice. You know what I mean? As far as um, when it comes to fashion. Um, so I would describe my style as down to earth, um, Black Pantherish, depending on the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> sophisticated, um, a little bit of everything, depending on what's going on. Yeah, I personally love your style. So I love hearing that answer. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite historical figures or activists that inspire you? And if you could meet, Malcolm X or MLK and talk to them for an hour, which one would you pick? That was a really good question. I'm not going to lie. Real quick, I would say Queen Nanny um, is one of, she was a Jamaican revolutionist. She basically, I would say what some people would say, what I would say like the Harriet Tubman of Jamaica. You know, that's the quickest way I could describe it, but look it up, Queen Nanny. she helped to free many Jamaicans back in the days when also slavery was a thing. Mm. Um, but fast forward, I would also say Maya Angelou. I love Maya Angelou. I love me some Oprah. I can't mm. lie. I love Oprah too. Um, when it comes to Malcolm X or Martin Luther King, that is a good question because when I first jumped into activism, a lot of elders, like people that remember Martin Luther King or may have marched with him or whatever, saying like, I reminded them of him, in like his spirit of trying to bring community together and yeah. still standing up and just my activism approach. And if you study activism, if you begin to look at it, there's different types of activism approaches. You know what I mean? And then Malcolm X is a lot more militant. So I think I would sit down and have the conversation with Malcolm X. That is what, like some of the things he was spitting is real because not some of the things I would say a lot of the things that he was speaking about is real because it's hard to get justice, especially when you're trying to get it from your oppressor. You're within the system asking people that have caused harm and have upheld these systematic, um, systemic racism and injustices and continue to make excuses and won't be more aggressive about the change. You can, we are continuously asking them to do something. And it's kind of madness. It's it's becoming like a, a kind of a maddening type of approach. Mm-hmm. So I would love to have a conversation with Malcolm Mix if I could. That would be my choice. Awesome, awesome. And uh, moving into our last question of this Q and A, what are some of your favorite ways to relax or re-energize? Um, my favorite ways to relax is definitely um, spending time with my husband and my grandkids, you know, like when we decide to have date night. I love date nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love spending time with my grandkids because it makes me unplug and definitely be in the present moment because you got to watch them kids. Them kids be doing yeah. too much. <laughs> you don't have time to do much of anything else but to be in the present moment. And then also I, being that I'm in a different space in my life, if I'm able to look at them and see the innocence in them and just seeing the purity in the human being and just being able to enjoy that because it's going to become a time where they're older and they're going to be 
um, influenced by society and those mm -hmm. things. I see how those things play a role in changing or making somebody who they are, you know, so just enjoy being able to enjoy that. But outside of that, I still write music. I love writing music or poetry and I love dancing. Dancing makes me feel re-energized. If I'm feeling kind of down, frustrated, if I dance, if you put on just some quick movements and just dancing on out, it, it feels really good. So I use those things as an outlet for me to stay sane and to stay peaceful and to stay happy. Thank you for tuning in to Mocha Speaks. Mocha Speaks is written, co-hosted, and produced by Mocha Jasmine Johnson and J.W. Chen. Join us next week where we'll be diving into community policing, some history, as well as local efforts to establish community oversight for policing here in Athens.